Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, North Stream, good morning. This is Eagle Eyes on Tech. I am Eagle Falcon. We got a lot to talk about, a lot of very weird stories to talk about today. But first things first, we need to talk about upcoming events. So, two things. First off, by the time you guys hear this who aren't live, SGDQ Summer Games Done Quickly, the charity speedrunning event, will be going on. You know, in case you didn't know. So, you know, for those for those of you who want to who want to participate in that and go watch it, feel free to go ahead. We'll be talking more about SGDQ and everything that goes on during it next week. Especially since the last AGDQ, they were a little heavy on the censorship that uh, didn't really pose well. Unjust Man says that uh, I will be running Horse Wiener Saga at SGDQ. Uh, no, I am not. <laughs> Mostly because that game has not been finished yet. Although I might actually try to con convince uh, guys with an RPG limit break. Alright, anyway, in, in more serious news, let's move on. I forgot what my second thing was going to be. Oh, right. Um, nothing official yet, but I am planning on trying to get a Sinners meetup around SGDQ going the Sunday right after SGDQ ends in Minneapolis. But um, I'll be providing more details on that on their Discord. Anyway... Let's move to um, one of the more worrying bits of streaming news that came out. And that's a whole bunch of Twitch streamers were banned thanks to DMCA takedowns. You thought YouTube was bad on DMCA takedowns. YouTube at least only hurt you in the wallet. DMCA apparently has Twitch not only hurting streamers in the wallet, but hurting their wallet in the future as well. Issuing suspensions. To which I say, first off, where's the crackdown on YouTube streaming? No, really, right now, as far as YouTube live streaming goes, you can stream whatever you want. There are plenty of YouTube streams, and they're not hard to come by, of people straight up streaming pirated content that they do not own. 
and YouTube is YouTube and the DMCA are doing nothing about it. But they're now going after Twitch streamers who have song request bots up. What? Excuse me? I mean, you kind of get it, right? A lot of a lot of those artists, you know, they're not too fond of someone streaming their content so that the so that the artist gets paid only once and then rebroadcasts it to dozens, hundreds or thousands of viewers. That's a lot of lost revenue right there. But still, the punishment isn't even a warning. It's a straight-up suspension. And where's the limit? Like Unjust Man in the chat said, are they also going to do it for... Song requests that are memes, like song requesting J.G. Wentworth commercials. Or copyright music that is slightly altered. Just for comedic effect. I'm not amused. I really am not. Right now, the only ones affected by this, though, are streamers XQC, Daquan, and Sneaky were affected by this. But the thing is, is that they're just the first ones to fall. How long until they go after all of them? How long until some stupid, antiquated, useless, trigger-happy bot starts issuing these takedown notices like they do on YouTube? Which, hands down, is one of the key elements that is killing content creation on YouTube. And straight up having smaller content creators... Avoiding YouTube like the plague. And more so, here's the next thing to consider. With more streamers wondering and starting to ponder about Mixer and Facebook being as good of alternatives to Twitch as Twitch... Are more streamers going to look away from Twitch and look more towards, hey, you know, maybe Mixer isn't so bad, hey? Don't have to worry about the DMCA. Don't have to worry about any sort of problems there. This is nothing but bad news. This is nothing but bad news for content creators. This is nothing but bad news for viewers. And this is nothing but bad news for Twitch.
this is awful. Straight up. We need something a bit more lighthearted. How about YouTube directly ripping off Twitch? Let's just move to that. That that sounds a lot uh, friendlier. So YouTube has now launched a feature called Premieres. And stop me if you've heard this before. Premieres is the ability to upload videos to YouTube and schedule a first-time viewing of it on your channel as though it were a live video. To which there'd also be an interactive chat. And then afterwards, the video would be up on that person's YouTube channel for anyone to view on demand. So, quick question, everyone. Have you ever heard of this before? Anyone? Bueller. 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 Oh, I better watch out. Maybe I'll get hit with a DMCA notice for saying Bueller. Quite a few of you probably raised your hands. Yeah, it's the exact same thing as Twitch premieres. It is a direct, blatant ripoff. However, however, I'm actually happy for this. No, really, I really am. The Twitch Premiere system, I liked the idea of it, but first off, the way Twitch implemented the Premiere system severely hurt the ability to upload videos to Twitch. The moment the Premiere system came out, it became longer and harder to upload videos to Twitch. In addition, on Twitch, if you premiere a video, it counts as a live broadcast, and therefore, if you are a Twitch affiliate, like I am, with pie-in-the-sky dreams of becoming a Twitch, uh, a Twitch partner one day, and you are eagerly trying to get up to that glorious number of 75 average viewers... Well, that premiere you went and put out of your past broadcast that you edited slightly that only had two average viewers, well, guess what? That hurts your average. It is literally stabbing yourself in the foot to have premiered that. Premiering videos on Twitch is pointless. Now, granted, Twitch has improved their Premiere system a lot since its first launch. When it first launched, everyone saw the Premiere as though it was live, which then means if you were someone like me, you went and put the words not live in the upper left-hand corner of every single video that you put out as a VOD, 
solely for that reason. Well, now, Twitch will tell you when it's a premiere and when it's live. Which, by the way, should have been done in the first place. YouTube having this feature makes a ton more sense. Because whereas Twitch, you go to for live content, YouTube, you primarily don't. You go to YouTube for on-demand content. So it makes more sense to have something that enhances the on-demand content, like a premiere system, to be on YouTube. So yes, on one hand, this is clearly YouTube blatantly ripping off Twitch. On the other hand, it makes a ton more sense here. So that's that. Let's move on to some weird news, though, that seemed to have come out of nowhere. Like how the Intel CEO resigned. What? Yeah, talk about a story that just seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, Intel's doing really well right now. Both on the consumer and gaming end of things with power-efficient processors for the masses, quad and quad and six-core processors out for the gamers, the new launch of the Core i9 for the enthusiasts, and three now different layers or levels of Xeon processors for professionals. Not to mention integrated Intel GPUs that, while not the best in the world, if you're trying to go for backwards compatibility, they're usually the pretty set go-to. So, I mean, whereas Intel doesn't really have anywhere to go as far as the GPU gaming market, that's easily their weakest area. Intel doesn't really seem to be in an area of weakness. So, why? Because they lost market share to Intel. Or to AMD, I'm sorry. Yeah, Intel lost market share to Intel, and that's why <laughs> Intel stepped down. <laughs> Derp. As far as we can tell, that's the only reason. And I think it's a pretty bad reason. When push comes to shove, the only reason Intel revenue is down 
is because AMD actually exists again. The other problem, as uh, Unjust kind of reminded me of, is the fact that there has been severe delays with Intel bypassing the 10 nanometer barrier, which, in the past, was considered the theoretical limit. we found ways around that now. And Intel's currently on track for 2019... 7 nanometer processes. And of course, Intel is poorly performing in the mobile markets, as Unjust also put out. But I mean, spoiler alert, Intel's always performed poorly in the mobile market. They're doing better, but... Intel's not about being in phones... Intel's all about being in high-end computing parts. Whether it be laptops, desktops, workstations, servers, supercomputers, whatever it may be. That's where Intel excels. And if the reason actually internally might be because... Intel's doing bad competing against ARM. That's not good. And yeah, they're losing ground in those markets because they no longer have a virtual monopoly. Who's their, com- who's their competition in those markets? It's AMD. What was AMD doing for a decade? They were sucking their thumbs while they were trying to figure out how to build a processor. Only now, for the last year, has AMD finally figured out how to build a processor that doesn't suck. But yeah, maybe the question is in future for uh, uh, the future is in question for Intel. That maybe. But really, to me, this still smells of a gross overreaction to finally having competition in the one area that Intel easily dominated for a decade. Now, that being said, AMD is actually ahead of Intel in regards to breaking the 10 nanometer barrier. And the fact that while Intel is still in R&D on breaking the barrier, AMD already is doing it. Reports from WCCF Tech 
is that the next generation of AMD GPUs, which is going to be 100% Vega, is going to begin 7 nanometer production. Ryzen 2 also is due to come out in 7 nanometer production. In addition to Threadripper and AMD Epic. So yeah, Intel does have a few things to worry about. Uh, Unjust also says that there might have also been a sexual scandal with the CEO, that they had a relationship with an employee. The report I had didn't mention anything of that. If that is the case, then that would definitely make a lot more sense. But who knows? Right now, I kind of... I kind of understand where... uh, or not really. I don't really understand why you would fire the current Intel CEO, considering their current situation isn't all that bad. It does come off to me as there is something going on internally within Intel. That would cause the CEO to step down, whether it be a poor direction choice that isn't looking good or something like a scandal like that. But now... What is... One second here. Alright, we have from the Business Insider... Article provided to me by Unjust. New details emerge on the office affair that led to the Intel CEO... Stop. Stop that. Oh my god. Alright, I don't think I can read this article right now because of my ad blocker. That led to the Intel CEO's surprising resignation on Thursday. There, my ad blocker's off. Are you happy? I swear, if random sounds start getting recorded onto the podcast, I'm going to be angry with the Business Insider, and they're going to be dead to me forever. Their advertisements don't even work. That's incredible. I can't even read it the way it's laid out. But yeah, there's several reports that that the Business Insider has gotten that is that is saying that uh 
the saying that the CEO did in fact have an affair with an Intel employee. So maybe that's the reason, maybe that's not, we'll never know. All right, let's get to the last story. And this one, oh boy. I want you to just listen to the headline of this article. Video game addicts are mentally ill, says World Health Organization. This article is from the CGNT which admittedly is a Chinese news source, but there are multiple other sources that are confirming the same thing. The World Health Organization themselves have also released an announcement saying just this. The article reads, Do you find yourself spending more time playing video games and unable to stop easily? If yes, maybe you should start to worry because you might be addicted to gaming, which is now a mental disorder. Gaming disorder has officially been classified as a mental health condition for the first time by the World Health Organization, WHO, according to the 11th edition of the International Classification of Diseases, ICD-11, released Monday. First listed in the ICD-11's draft last December, gaming disorder is defined by WHO as a pattern of persistent or reoccurring gaming behavior, digital gaming or video gaming, which may be online or offline. The designation by the World Health Organization could prompt insurance company to cover gaming-related mental issues which may, which may encourage gamers to seek help from therapists. What? <laughs> it's going to untie our hands in terms of treatment in that we'll be able to to treat patients and get reimbursed, Dr. Paneros Livonis, the chairman of the psychiatric department at Reuters New, New Jersey Medical School, told the New York Times, adding that therapists won't have to call it depression or anxiety for patients to get covered by their insurance anymore. What the hell is this? What is this? Okay, so let me get this straight. People who really like to play games as a form of entertainment in the modern day are now addicts on the same level as meth heads, alcoholics, and is considered a mental disorder? Does that also mean that, say... Computer enthusiasts like myself who go through and try to repurpose older hardware for modern purposes 
are also addicts with a mental disorder, or who go ahead and build server racks in their home because they're an enthusiast and want to learn how to deal with that sort of level of hardware. Or how about my downstairs neighbor who likes to work on cars? Is he mentally disordered? Does he have a mental disorder because he works on cars and really likes doing so? This is the dumbest thing we have ever done. Okay, probably not the dumbest thing we've ever done, but it's pretty high up there. Come on! Who is the who? Not the band, but the World Health Organization. This blows me away. It really does. We are now literally classifying people who are really into their hobby as a disease. Does that mean that every single broadcaster on Twitch is now, according to the World Health Organization, mentally ill? All 700-some thousand broadcasters, they're all mentally ill now? Everyone who watches on Twitch, are are they mentally ill? What? (laughs) This is absolute insanity. The worst part about this is that this literally belittles those who have actual mental disorders. Not even to the degree that, say, diagnosing literally anyone who loses interest in anything with ADD is. And those who actually have an attention problem saying they have ADHD instead of ADD. Like myself. When you start getting to this level... Of saying someone has a mental disorder. There's literally no one who doesn't anymore. Again, to my example earlier of anyone who is really into their hobby. By going to this standard now. You have now said that anyone. Who has any love for their job or hobby as having a mental disorder. You're getting to the point now where 100% of the population has a mental disorder. That's what this is leading up to now. For crying out loud. I think probably the worst part about this is that according to the World Health Organization, if you really like playing Fortnite, you are mentally ill, but if you believe the earth is flat, you are not. 
That really should be the saying that goes around over and over and over and over and over again. So that these morons over at the World Health Organization stop being taken seriously by the rest of the world. And it'd be one thing if it was just like, yep, some morons over over there wrote a book and said, hey, look, you like games, you are mentally ill, hurdy dirty dur The problem is that this is the standard the rest of the health organization goes by. Like the article says, because of this, anything that is considered video game treatment can now be covered by insurance. You know, that sounds nice on paper until you realize everyone's insurance rates must go up drastically to cover every single person that said that I feel really sad I got killed at 90th place in Fortnite. Now, I I did get a couple of articles that some people have used as proof that this needed to be talked about by the World Health Organization, that this was necessary, that this was legitimate. From Fox News, and don't let the source turn you away, multiple sources have said this exact same story. No one knows where the original source came from, but here's the headline. Girl, age nine, sent to rehab after refusing to stop playing Fortnite and wetting herself. Okay, just that headline alone, there's clearly something wrong there. Um, you know what might be wrong? Anyone? Anyone think what might be wrong? I mean, that sounds like a mental illness, right? Or, you know, bad parenting. I mean, seriously. First off, why is a nine-year-old playing Fortnite? I mean, Unknown Psych nailed it right on the head there. Why Why is a nine-year-old playing Fortnite? The Blasted Games rated teen for teen. Second, it's 2018. The tools for parents to try and restrict gameplay like this exist. It's very easy to get a hold of. My router is four years old and it has the ability to go, hey, you know what? Uh, This computer here is no longer going to get internet after X o'clock.
this isn't Fortnite's fault. This isn't the gaming community's fault. This is clearly the problem of the fact that the parents aren't doing squat. And then the other one. And this one, honestly, is my personal favorite. From Mirror, a UK site, Fortnite game addiction led man to cocaine abuse and verge of losing job, family, and home. Wait, let me get this straight. Um, some guy was so addicted to Fortnite that... He took cocaine to make his gameplay better. Yeah, so, um... Let me tell you a new site that has been added to my list of sources I'm never going to use again. Uh, That's going to be mirror.co.uk. They are now dead to me. There is... Come on! Did you use any common sense in this? No, it's clearly... The cartoonish, silly, dumb, battle royale game that turned a man to cocaine and not, you know, the temptation of cocaine. Here, let me drop the word Fortnite from this article. I mean, just the headline, cocaine abuse led man into into verge of losing job, family, and home. There's a story that's been said a million times. Come on, man. But no, it's clearly the game. It's clearly gaming culture as a whole that is causing... Everyone to become dumber, that is causing everyone to become mentally ill, and we clearly need to have, be mentally looked at and to stop playing games forever. For crying out loud! This literally makes you want to go up to people and just start interrogating them for even going down this line of thinking. There is not a form of common sense that is going on here. It does not take a whole lot of thought to realize that the claims that people who like to play video games might in fact be as stupid and as anti-fact as the same people who in 2018 believe the earth is flat. They are now literally on the same level of stupid in my book as the flat earthers. Ugh. I swear to God, if I start getting junk mail because I'm a Twitch streamer, because I spend 
30 hours a week playing video games for entertainment plus whatever I play off air saying you might have a mental disorder and you can get help for your mental disorder. I probably am going to go to the place that mailed me that. And I'm going to avoid using physical violence because that's what they want. But I do want to go and psycho, psychoanalyze them the same way they want to psychoanalyze me. Good lord. That's going to do it for me, guys. Thank you for listening to, admittedly, a very, very ranty Eagle Eyes on Tech. But I mean... The moment I got the first word that the WHO went and listed video game addiction as a mental disorder, I, I knew it was going to be half the podcast. Take care. See you next week.